0: Live from the Findlay Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios.
1: On this channel we are sophisticated worldly people and as such it takes a lot to impress us. Oh my god
2: that cloud looks like a dog! Are you, are you seeing this?
3: This is the Press
0: Box.
2: Being out there against the Nets I realized that basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods.
0: With Graney and Bischoff.
2: Tweet it, talk
3: it, put it in your pocket. I've made a flimsy take and I'm proud of it.
0: On ESPN Las Vegas.
2: And shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins.
1: This could be a disaster. And <laughs> granny has gone again. We'll hear from him a little bit later. <laughs> and in the seat next to me is Gooch. You mm. can hear him over on comp. I don't know what time your show is two to seven, uh, three to nine, three to nine. I, Mr. Bischoff, didn't get either one of those numbers, right? Nailed that one sometime right. in the afternoon. That's well,
3: because you don't believe in rock and roll. You Probably just want your, you, just want your Kenny G and your smooth jazz.
1: Make it be sick. We've done this before. Yes. You know, I don't know who Kenny G is.
3: I don't think, you know, anything that is not sports <laughs> We have, oh, and sports movies. It's it's no, I don't know sports movies either. He that's the thing. Know like you just say sports, and you are an encyclopedia. If you go outside the realm of sports, even if it's sports and entertainment like wrestling, you're going to be like, huh, what? No, no wrestling. Yeah, sorry. Do you know who tugboat was? No. They get the hell out of America. Is that a wrestler. Yes. Something. Do you know who that, come good, up? Well, there was a, a guy. A
1: there was a guy. Was okay, tugboat little? Oh, no. Okay. okay. See, tugboats are little, and they pull the big ship, so I think that's a bad name.
3: They he was There was a guy in the WWF. This is how long ago it was in the 80s, okay? And I remember being six or seven years old, and from what I gathered, the guy was, like, hugely controversial, and I didn't know. I want you to look up Akeem the African Dream. We are
1: not spending the show looking up wrestlers. We're there not was, doing that the entire day.
3: There was a white guy... Who would come out in a daishiki in the '80s and dance? And he called himself Akim the African Dream. It was like, and like, granted, I was seven or eight years old. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then when you, you know, how you just get that clickbait, and you're like, you know, wrestlers for back in the day. And I mean, I just stood there stunned, <laughs> like, oh my god.
1: All right, we got basketball to talk about, not Akeem the African Dream. We're going to keep making references to
3: Akeem the African Dream throughout the show. Don't worry. He's going to be the anchor of today's program. The first bite.
2: Is Draymond Green MVP of the finals?
3: He's MVP of my heart. Is he? I mean, after that, look, when Isaiah Thomas, like, blasted him, saying that the reason he had this off game was because of the podcast, and then after the game, you just heard – you just heard him or, or were we, is that the that, pre-show yeah,
1: a, a reporter? No, that was afterwards. A reporter asked him, Hey, are you worried? The Celtics might be like picking up tips from things you say about X's and O's in your podcast. Because for those of you who don't know, he's doing a podcast like yeah. right now, like during the NBA finals throughout the season, the postseason, during the finals, Draymond Green is doing a podcast. But here's the thing. He's just talking about the game. Well, I haven't listened to it. I don't have any idea what he says.
3: But I could only assume that's what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's just talking about the game. So he gives us, he basically just gives a one person press conference that's hosted by himself. He explains why he's sucked. He explains why he sucked. And then <laughs> that's it. I mean, it, it's really nothing different than what
1: he's always done, right? I mean, he's always been a center for attention. So this is just more of the same. Here's Draymond Green's numbers through three games in the NBA Finals he is averaging five points per game and five fouls per game. Uh, he is shooting 26.3% in the finals. He is 0 for 7 on threes. He's only averaging 6.7 rebounds, only averaging one steal less than one block. He is doing legitimately nothing for three games so far in the NBA finals, like legitimately useless. Oh, and he's playing 35.9 minutes a night. Only Clay Thompson. He's playing as many minutes as anybody. And is completely useless.
3: And that was the one thing that I kind of saw where it was like, you've had Steph, by the way, this might be one of his greatest finals performances that we have seen uh, all three games. He's played lights out. I thought he's been excellent. Uh, Clay Thompson last night finally showed up. And then when you have Draymond, just kind of lay another egg like this, it is, it is concerning, but what happens if he comes back and balls out again, all of a sudden the podcast talk is going to be erased. Wouldn't
1: it? I mean, isn't that, the, isn't that the math? I mean, yeah, if, he, if he's actually good the rest of the way, sure. But I don't. I mean, how many people do you think actually care about him doing the podcast during the finals? Uh, I think it's just an easy target for when he plays bad.
3: Well, I think it's like, you know, you look at LeBron and he's like, I'm going social media dark where it's like he just stays off social media, just focuses, gets his hyper focus in the game. I do think that does help. I do think that social media and actually paying attention to numbers I think that can kind of get in the way. You, would, if I were Steve Kerr or if I were the rest of the Warriors, I would like to see all of my players invested. But I don't know, man. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like I don't like it when you look at something easy like a podcast. Go, that's why it's the same thing like Tony Romo and Jessica
1: Simpson. That's it's the that's the thing. Like podcast <laughs> now is the new Jessica Simpson. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some uh, some of my couch analysis on X's and O's part. Part of why I think Boston is winning and going to win this series, and part of this is also why Draymond Green's been useless on offense, drop coverage has been one of the like buzzwords of this series because when Steph Curry comes off a ball screen, the way the Celtics have been defending it is Al Horford or Rob Williams, they're two centers that they play. When Curry comes off the ball screen, they are dropped back into the lane. They're not doubling Steph Curry. They're not trapping him. They're not even really that aggressive when he comes off the screen. They're dropping into the lane. And what that's led to is Steph Curry getting to dribble into – he's got about a second or so – but to dribble into an open three. And a lot of the threes he's made in the series have been against that ball screen coverage. And the Celtics have been getting ripped for it because people see Steph Curry hitting these threes and they're like, oh, what are you doing? It's Steph Curry. You need to be up in his face. But I actually think the drop coverage is a big reason why the Celtics are winning because of how it takes away everything else. It neuters everything else the Celtics do because when Horford or Williams is in drop coverage, it takes away two three two things off the ball screen. Steph Curry's not driving into the paint because Al Horford or Rob Williams is standing there waiting for him. And the role man, whether it's Kavon Looney or Draymond Green, whoever's setting it, is not rolling into the paint to get a pass and a layup because Al Horford or Rob Williams is dropped back and they're taking that away. So when they run a ball screen for Steph Curry and the Celtics drop, yes, he's going to get some open threes out of it, but they're not going to get anything else. And the key is, take Draymond Green, for example. He's really good offensively when a defense is rotating and helping and moving around quickly. When the Celtics play drop coverage, they don't have to send any help side defense. The other three defenders can just stay on whoever they're defending. They do not have to come into the lane and help on this because it's just, hey, Curry's either going to take a three or we shut down everything else. So there is zero help side defense, which means Draymond Green has nobody to pass to. If Draymond Green gets the ball and there's no scrambling defense, he can't do anything. He's not beating people off the dribble. He's He is terrific at reading a defense, but if there's no defense to read because everybody stayed home... Draymond Green's useless on the offensive end. He can't shoot and he can't beat people off the dribble. So the drop coverage, yes, Curry has gotten open threes off of it. Yes, Curry has hit open threes off of it. But it shuts down everything else the Warriors have done. Because here's what the the Warriors, the reason that they are different from pretty much every other great offensive NBA team for the last decade they have not relied on just, hey, we're going to set a high ball screen for our best player and let him go to work. Like, take the Mavericks as, a, as an example. They just space the floor. Here's a ball screen for Luka. Let him go to work. The Warriors have been great because they get a lot of off-ball movement and they get a lot of great ball movement, right? They don't, just, team rely, offense. They don't just rely on a high ball screen and one great player to make things happen. They have been a very good, very aesthetically pleasing offense. But when they go to the high ball screen with Curry... Everybody, everything becomes stagnant and it becomes much easier to guard everything else. So in a sense, what the Celtics are doing, they're saying, yes, we're going to give Steph Curry some threes, but nothing else. We are not giving the Celtics anything or excuse me, the Warriors, anything else when they run that high ball screen. If Curry goes nuts and hits a ton of threes, we got to live with that. And here's the other thing. Curry's going to do that anyways. Yeah. He's like, you're not going into the finals against the Warriors and thinking, oh yeah, we're going to shut down Steph Curry. He's going to score. He's going to knock down three. So the drop coverage looks bad at times because Curry will have a five-minute stretch where he hits four or five threes against it. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? But for the most part, it's really good. Fourth quarter of that game, Steph Curry started on the bench. When he checked in the first three possessions that he was in the game, they ran a high ball screen. The Celtics dropped on it. The first possession, Curry missed a three. The second possession, Curry turned it over. The third possession, Curry turned it over. They only ran it one more time the rest of the game because... The Celtics shut it down. The drop coverage has been excellent by the Celtics. It's been very good. It's better when Robert Williams is out there than Al Horford because he's more aggressive and a better defender. But it's been very good. And I think from an X's and O's standpoint, it's a big reason why the Celtics are winning and specifically to Draymond Green, why he's useless on offense. Completely useless because he's just... Draymond Green stands there. Nobody helps off of him. And if he gets the ball, he can't beat his man off the dribble and there's nobody to pass to. So he's a negative on the offensive end if that's how the celtics and warriors are going to keep playing and to your point i with steph curry when you
3: take these superstar players we've seen this before where they let the superstar they go look we're going to play soft coverage on them we're going to let them score a slew of points but we're going to take away the playmaking ability and when you drop back in coverage on steph curry it's either or nothing Because now, all of a sudden, not only are you dropped back, now you're getting yourself in a good position to get that rebound, too, when it bounces off the bar. So it's going to be bouncing off far. You don't necessarily have to crowd the rim. They know how to play him. And when you give Steph Curry, you know, every every decision in basketball is like .23 seconds. But if you make him hesitate, which is what that drop coverage does, you are going to turn the ball over, and you're going to put way too much pressure on him. And what I have seen before is, yeah, Steph will have – a quarter where he just explodes, but that might happen in the first or second quarter. It happened in the first quarter,
1: but it did it carry over that whole game. It didn't. His floor is much lower than it used to be. When they, when they went on their three titles in four years run, the Steph Curry's floor was extremely high, right? His bad games usually weren't very bad, but now not that he's had a bad game in these finals, but he's had he could bad shoot quarters. his team out. Yeah, if he, I mean, if he has a bad game, he can, do it, playing that style. Yeah. You, he could shoot his team out of the whole game. And he's more likely to do that now than he was four and five years ago. Granted, there's there's still Steph Curry there, and we've seen it multiple times in the series where he catches fire for four or five minutes at a time. He had the highest scoring quarter in any final right, period. It's it, He's still phenomenal, but there is a lower floor where if he's not going to drill all those threes, uh, the defense works perfectly. So we'll get back into the NBA Finals Um The Warriors aren't happy that the Boston Celtics fans were saying F you, Draymond. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. Which,
3: by the way, I love how Klay Thompson was like, yeah, keep it classy. But, you know, he's saying F word in front of the kids. And then it goes to Draymond. He's like, I played like S in front of his kids (laughs) on the stand. I'm like, look, and again, you know, speaking of like, I got my girlfriend's got a kid. So, yeah, swear words fly out of your mouth on occasion. But come on, man, you're on TV. You know it. You knew what
1: you were going to say. You have a girlfriend? Oh, yeah.
0: Wow. Mm
1: -hmm. Coming up next. We find out more about that.
0: I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy ending. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. We're back to the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff.
1: Gooch is in today (laughs) for Ed Graney. That's the greatest drop I've ever heard. That is Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty <laughs> Harden, who said on the radio in Houston, it's not a crime. It's not a crime I to guess get a happy it's ending. it's
3: not a crime. Okay.
1: Uh, I think it is a crime. Yes. Um,
3: now, look, it's not a crime if it just happens and nothing or nobody has come close to your special area, fine. But if you are asking or Trying to get the services of one, then yes, yes, I think that is illegal, isn't it?
1: Yes, paying for sexual activity. Yes. Okay. I understand. Illegal in the majority of counties. In the majority of counties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we do live in Vegas. We do we do have a county somewhere where that's not illegal.
3: And every one of us that lives in Vegas, when somebody comes into town, they always ask that question. So then we kind of have to do our own little legal research to figure out exactly where it's legal.
2: Nye County.
3: Yeah, Nye
1: County. But in Houston, where Deshaun Watson was getting these massages, right there, it is not. Perump is not a suburb of Houston. I I thought maybe,
3: I thought maybe, I thought maybe that was the high life of of Houston. Perump, so
1: you're a Cleveland Browns fan, yeah. Deshaun Watson, we are up to 24 women that have lawsuits against him uh, for sexually assault sexual misconduct during massages we also had the story from the New York Times where they are reporting that Deshaun Watson in a 17 month span had a massage from 66 different women that's a lot of knots not different massages different women we do know a lot of these women gave him more than one maybe they were acupuncturists so 66 women in 17 month span comes out to 3.8 women per month which is almost a different woman giving him a massage every week for a year and a half um we also have to from that new york times story the texans uh gave Deshaun Watson a non-disclosure agreement to give to the massage therapist the texans provided Deshaun Watson with membership to a hotel and spa in the Houston area where he went, got a room, and would have some of these massages done. Uh, But on the Cleveland Browns side of this, how do you feel right now about the Browns having Deshaun Watson, A, trading for him, and B, giving him a fully guaranteed, what is it, $230 million contract? Okay, okay. The whole thing
3: played out about as bad as it could possibly play out. Number one, you got a douche quarterback at Baker Mayfield who's like, wait a minute, someone who's obviously physically and more mentally capable than me at quarterback, they want this guy over me. I was drafted number one. Where's Lincoln? I get it. Like, where's when he did that, that made everything exponentially worse. Not only did it make it worse for the Cleveland Browns, but it made it worse for him. He should be the starting quarterback of the Colts or the Falcons or the Saints or the Seattle. It's like Broncos. I mean, he is, he is, I would say he's a top 25 quarterback. He's better than five or six teams quarterbacks right now. And they could have,
1: yeah,
3: but what I'm saying is though, is like for 18 million a year, that is about, what a backup quarterback gets paid, right? I mean, in well, this day and age,
1: backup. backup gets less than that. I mean, but m- if you're a starter, you, well,
3: you maybe but before, before a one-year deal, though, for a one-year deal, former number one overall pick, maybe you're taking a chance. Maybe you trade a third or a fourth round pick. I think, I think it would be worth the gamble is all I'm saying. And that guy just talked himself right out of it. And then all this other stuff is coming out. The fact that the Browns were like, we dedicated ourselves to doing all this research and, and now all of a sudden it's like two more women come out of the woodwork and the Browns are all, this whole entire time. The Browns are kind of like, well, we didn't have to plan on that. We didn't know that. Yeah, I know you should have known that. But instead, what they kept doing was is they kept thinking, here's this quarterback, an elite quarterback, and they just fell in love with his abilities and they went all in. And here's the thing. When you're the Browns, which is not known as a attractive free agent destination. You have to make a desperate desperate move like that to get an elite player. You have to. And the fact that Deshaun Watson was like, and I'm sure Deshaun Watson factored that into the equation of going there. He was like, well, if I could turn things around for the Cleveland Browns while also getting $230 guaranteed money, people might be able to forget about this. Hey, it worked for LeBron. Everyone forgot the decision when he won. Yeah, but there was no rape. There was no sexual assault. There was no nothing. There was no there was no happy endings. There was no nothing when he made the decision. It was just a douche move when he went to Miami.
1: That was it. Deshaun, this is in a completely different realm. If Deshaun Watson plays for the Browns, do you have no problem cheering for him?
3: Uh no. I'm going to tell you why. Um, I, it's okay when I say no problem cheering for him. I. <laughs> Oh, God, it's hard because I don't want to cheer for the individual, but I'm going to cheer for the Browns. Right.
1: So it's it's very easy. It's basically like, okay, remember
3: when you would play old video games and you couldn't get the rights to Jordan, but there would just be a guy who was 23? <laughs> yes. And that's who it was. I was like, all right, let me just cheer play for it. number
1: four. And it's like, that's all that matters. So it's it's easy if you are a fan of any other team to Basically be like, why the hell would you take on Deshaun Watson? This guy sucks. Like, it's ridiculous. No, no way you could ever cheer for him. But in sports, all of the time, we cheer for players on our favorite teams that have done something bad or that just simply are bad people. All of the time, it happens, right? And it, in the NFL, all of the time. And that's where I'm curious with Browns fans because this is going on right now. But if all of this gets... If all these lawsuits end up getting settled, Deshaun Watson, the the criminal side of this, I think it can still come back, but he wasn't indicted by a grand jury. So likely he's not going to jail at this moment. He could settle all these civil lawsuits. NFL suspends him for eight games, whatever it ends up being. He could be playing for the Browns. I don't know that I blame Browns fans for cheering for him once he steps on the field as a Cleveland Brown, because we do that all the time in sports. He wouldn't be the first person to be accused of something or even found guilty of something to be on the field playing and people cheering for.
3: Him. Look, we could talk to Steelers fans about it all we want, you know, like we we I did I bring this up off mic where I said in the 1516 season. Off mic, yeah. yeah. In the 1516 seasons as a Browns fan, they won one game and the only solace was that as we didn't have the creepy quarterback in the division and now here we are, fast forward to 2022 and I don't want to say creepier, but definitely on the same level.
2: Oh, he blows Roethlisberger out of the water. Really? Well,
3: okay. Well, all I'm saying is with the amount of accusations. Yes. But I mean, we're talking about Roethlisberger manhandling a woman. And then Deshaun's thing was kind of like more just kind of like, Hey, you're less than me. Let me give you, you know, do this act for me because I'm an all-star player. And it's like, I, it almost seemed like him thinking that he was better than someone. So it's like I don't know. Again, the amount of accusations is so. That's what makes it so bad. It's like it's not like it's one time where he's like, "Okay, I'm a superstar. Let me take advantage of my power and be a douche." And I'm not saying you doing that makes you a douche. You're exponentially way worse than that. But I'm just saying it's like one time you learn from it and then you move on. Okay, he is a young man. He is a 26 year old man. It's I have done. So many stupid things at that age, but to let it happen
1: this many times. And there are other women out there that are like, I don't want to deal with the headache. Right. There's so it's 24 actually suing him. There are multiple. I don't know what the number is, but there are multiple other women that have accused, basically said, yeah, the same thing happened to me who are not suing him. And like it's you, more than 24 that have accused him of this. And, and again, and I'm just going back to other cases
3: where. This has kind of happened, you know. You look at the Kobe situation, and you look at how the lawyers treated that woman, and you look at—I mean—they crucified that woman. They crucified that woman after she made that accusation against Kobe. And every woman that wants to step forward knows that could possibly happen to them. You want—you want somebody all of a sudden pulling an Amber Heard and then going through all of your personal history, and now now there's all these things that might not even pertain to the case. But now all of a sudden they're attacking your character. It's a lot of stress and It's scary, man. And it's like, that's the one thing about the Deshaun Watson thing. Like when you see these people in power pulling these Harvey Weinstein things where it's like, I'm, I'm higher than you. And if you tell anybody, I'm going to ruin your career, which one of the women did say Deshaun said that I got a career. You got a career. Let's keep this amicable. And then he gave her 150 bucks. You don't give her a tip stupid. You know what I mean? Like it's like, you don't, you don't throw an extra hundred dollars on top of that. You know what I mean? To at least it's just, again, that's somebody who thinks they're a God. And they're looking at a regular person like they're an aunt, and it's not cool. And not aunt, like not aunt, an aunt.
1: Thank you for clarifying. Yes, just want to clarify. Okay. Coming up next, I don't know what your family does, but <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Coming up next, Ed Graney joins the
0: show. This is the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff and NSMA Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, Ed Graney. Hello,
1: Ed. How are you this morning?
0: I'm as good as the Deucer.
1: The Deucer. Okay. Uh, Congratulations, Cassie Soto. She's going to win many yeah. awards for that uh, video she tweeted yesterday. Um, Deuce Gruden was at practice. We can confirm that.
0: Yes, and Cassie, um, working for Raiders.com, uh, <laughs> probably got a better vantage point than anyone else. So I give her credit for zeroing in as a Raiders.com person. Uh, and, yeah, that was good reporting for her. by her. I got to give her a lot of credit.
1: Do we know? Is he going to weightlifting nationals? I mean, well, supposedly it's tomorrow.
0: I mean, first class maybe today. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm not, I, I I thought that's uh, what uh, Willie Pops Ramirez had told us, that he was entered in a uh, weightlifting uh, championship. So we're going to have to see today one more, uh, one more mandatory minicamp day if Cassie can zero in and find him today.
1: Um, all right. Gooch is in today. Uh, I don't believe he's aware. Can you explain to him the setup for the media at Raiders practice.
0: Okay. So, Gooch, you know where Henderson is.
1: Okay. I'm
0: wondering. (laughs) Okay. The media is in Henderson, and the practice is going on in Summerlin.
3: Is that by the Burger King?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's right there. Uh, And it's very cool outside, obviously. Mm. Uh, So, with no shade, uh, the media is in – in, in, in Henderson, and we're watching practice in Summerlin. So it is a binoculars-led uh, practice by trying to see if they actually exist out there. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, there are some very nice steel benches, uh, which are good. Uh, they do provide water, oh. uh, which is even better. But, yeah, we are uh, three football fields away from the main action out there. Basically, you not, guys are not like... Not that anyone cares about the media. We understand that, too.
3: You're like the fans that sit outside Area 51 with their binoculars wondering.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're like,
0: they're going to open the doors <laughs> <Yeah>. eventually. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> eventually, we will see more than the kicker and punter, oh. you think. Um, maybe when this training camp begins, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm thinking training camp is going to be kind of the same situation.
1: Gooch, when's the last time you use binoculars?
3: When's the last time I used binoculars? I don't know if I have ever used ever? binoculars. Wow. That, like, okay, it'd be one thing if I looked at them, like, I run as a Bass Pro Shop, I'm like, it's the big deal. And then I zero in on somebody's orange stomach, you know, because they am wearing one of those dumb shirts. But it's <laughs> like... But yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, and if you're a sports reporter and you're like, I think that's Devontae. Like, it's, yes. Come yes. on, man. You gotta, you gotta give the media something, but Hey, is this more of the same? Is this more like a Belichick playbook type of thing? Is this how they did things in new England where they basically just made the media, you know, out like they were lepers where it's like, you I know, get not- back to your colony.
0: I have not been at a practice there, but I can I can guess by his press conferences afterwards, after every practice and game, uh, he's not bending uh, over backwards to help them. And we've said it time and again. And I just said it, I understand that people out there writing are like, "Oh, the poor media, nobody cares." But I will say this, and I, I said this often. What people don't understand is, and it's not like, look, everyone out there is a professional. They're not going to be tweeting formations. They're not going to be tweeting, oh, geez, they just ran the flea flicker. That might be in the playbook this year. Like, no one's going to do that. But especially during training camp, and we'll see what happens there. Like, if you're at least close enough to view things, like, your stories can at least be a little more detailed. You know, I mean, you 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 pick up things that are not formations and things they wouldn't want out there. So that's where I would tell people who say, oh, you know, heck with the media and they don't care about them. And I get that. I totally get that. We're all part of it, so we understand that. Um, but being this far away, is it's a little silly. I mean, but you go out there because it's a mandatory minicamp. You have to be out there. Um, but Vic Taffer of the Athletic drew a, a, a beautiful picture the other day and tweeted it out of what it looked like with his like stick figures. Um, and if you just looked at that picture, you could tell the distance between people trying to watch practice and where the practice uh, usually is. And it's good because when they're running team stuff or stuff, they deem really important. They line up guys who are not playing across the field. So your binoculars don't even work at that point, uh, unless you're standing on top of those bleachers. Um, and even then it's, it's, pretty hard to see.
1: What did you think of, uh, Jonathan Abram yesterday?
0: Oh, a, a it, it, well, it was good because it took me six seconds to transcribe the interview, um, and usually it takes me like you know fifteen minutes to transcribe interviews because you have to stop and type and stuff like that. So I I enjoyed his uh, interview because it didn't take me time to transcribe. So look, he this is the guy you guys I'm sure remember that you know was horseback his first year in Hard Knocks, and you know was kind of the outgoing personality. He got hurt his first year, and yet the next week he was like on some podcasts or somewhere going crazy, and then we understand Gruden might have had a talk with him and say, look, he just got hurt, and you, you know you got to tone it down. Um, but, you know, he'd never admit this, but, you know, he's been humbled. He hasn't played well at all. They didn't pick up his 50-year option. Um, he's got a lot to prove. But at some point, someone had a talk with him, and now he just, he just doesn't want to do media. He did it, but he had canceled two days, and you could tell by his answers he doesn't want anything to do with that. And that's his prerogative. Like I said, we're not, you know, it's media, so... You know, that it's not like we deserve, you know, long answers. If he doesn't want to give long answers, it's fine. But um, he obviously is not into doing that anymore, or at least at this point in his career. And uh, it went very fast.
1: Uh, you feeling good about your Celtics pick in the NBA Finals now?
0: Uh, I just wrote a stat for you, which is good because oh. I always like to give you a number. I'm you might already know this number. The team that wins game three after splitting is 185%. So I'm feeling good about the pick.
1: Look at you. How do you feel about Draymond Green? He going to help the Celtics win? Uh
0: well, he, he might help the Celtics win. I was a very in, I was very interested in the chant after he fouled out last night. Um <laughs> and then and in the broadcast, uh, it's a what they call it? I don't know if it was they didn't call it inappropriate. They called it um I'm not sure. Well, we know what they were saying, but uh yeah, that was an interesting chant. Not not nothing against Boston fans, but not surprising like Steph Curry said after the game par for the course. But Draymond probably gets out a lot of places, so I'm hoping he. I'm hoping he uh, helps the Celtics, so my my pick in six can come through.
1: I I already got that treatment at Applebee's. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Here's here's how I'm gonna phrase this question for you: Dodgers are in the World Series, and Cody Bellinger is doing a podcast after every game. Would you be mad at Cody Bellinger for doing a podcast after every
0: game? Is he hitting a home run like he did last night?
1: No, he's having he's the worst player in the series like oh. Draymond
0: Green has been. I mean, I I'd, I'd go back to my original feeling about Cody Bellinger <laughs> for the last 2 years. If he uh if he was talking to anybody after striking out every time up, yes, I would not I would not be happy.
3: Not even his parents. You don't even no, get to make I, eye contact with your parents after you strike out. Look in the corner, right. Cody. I don't
0: want to eye contact with anybody as he swung through high fastballs like he's done for the last 24 months.
1: Because Draymond Green is the worst player in the series so far, and yet he's doing a podcast on like a daily basis, it seems like, to talk to people about why he's not the worst player in the series.
0: He's continuing to do this daily?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's daily, but he's still doing it during the NBA Finals.
0: Oh, uh,
2: there well, was a clip. More that, power
0: uh, to him if he's going to continue playing like he did last night. I, I hope he's I hope he does three podcasts today. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> keep doing him, man.
1: He's got to explain away
0: why he's, why he's bad. I mean, just how,
1: like, how,
3: how, like, when you're that obsessed with social media and you want to be liked that much, it's like the guy who's so loud, like Draymond, it's like, all I see is like, oh, look, he's so insecure. That's really what I see. It's like I just see a guy who just wants to be hugged by his mom. It's like, dude, just do your job. Do your job. But I understand he's trying to get a life outside of basketball. Maybe that's what he's angling for. He already got his championships. Why stay hungry?
0: Yeah, and you know this as well as anyone's. I mean, what you just said is that um, and I, it might have come up in your in your uh, in your standup in, in terms of insecure people, and I think you know Durant's one of these also with like you know the burner account. Yeah, you know the people who should be completely secure. You're in the NBA, you've got rings. Tend to be the most insecure people, what? and it's, it's one of those things where he's. You're exactly right. Why wouldn't he be secure in himself? But you, he he comes off as really insecure, and there's so many pro athletes like that. It's like, what do you have to be insecure about? You won all these titles. Everyone like. You know, you're a pro athlete, you get all these advantages, and yet you're completely insecure. Right.
3: Well, like Kevin Durant is, to me, is the best offensive player I have ever seen. And Mm -hmm. watching him jaw back and forth with fans – like, okay, yeah. at this point, when you are Kevin Durant, okay, remember when I was talking about, like, Deshaun Watson looking down on people, like, whatever, you know, I, I'm better than you. When you are on the floor and a fan is talking to you, you have to be like, whatever, peasant. You Like, you have to yeah. take that route. You have enough money to buy them and their entire family and make them do whatever you want to your house. You are Kevin yeah. Durant. You can do that if you want. You can do you can walk up to a guy and do one of those indecent proposals where you're like, "I'll give you a million dollars to have your wife." And a guy will have to think about it because you are <laughs> Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? And it's like, so you getting worked up about people on Twitter and then people calling you names on the floor. I'm sorry, dude. Get over it. You have yeah. to be a professional. Look at him. Kyrie Irving, Draymond Green. The last time we saw Draymond Green lose his, lose his head in the finals, 2016 happened. And three in, and when they were up 3-1, to one, LeBron got in his head. Warriors lost the series. And Draymond didn't have a podcast back in the day. And then like a couple you know, <laughs> and that game was seven you know, that was seven games at least. It's like this doesn't even look like it's gonna go seven games if he keeps playing like this.
0: Yeah. Oh, well I hope I hope it doesn't. And I'm not and like I said, I grew up and continue to be a Laker fan, which when I picked the Celtics Six it kinda of tells you what I think about the Warriors. I'm kinda of tired and it's funny because the Warriors haven't done anything in a few years, but I'm still tired of their fans. I'm still
2: got back. They've been it's been terrible been for years. two I'm years. I'm still Ed. like
0: completely tired of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's Ed Grady. He's back in tomorrow. Ed, thank you. Thank
0: you, guys. I appreciate it. See yeah, you. bro. Bye.
1: So there's Ed Grady uh, going to Raiders practice. Yes, there are, I think it's three outdoor football fields at the Raiders practice facility. The team practices on one on the far end and the media has to stand yeah. on and the th- other end with two entire football fields. Yeah, and the media is in Utah. Yes, yeah, that's right. pretty much.
2: <laughs> Do we know if Ed tried the binoculars with the phone camera trick?
1: No, we're going to ask him Friday and get get an official update on him. Maybe the Raiders could at least
3: angle a mirror. That Ed could use the binoculars to look at the mirror and then maybe get a glimpse of practice. <laughs> you know how you know how when you go into liquor stores, old liquor stores, and they got those angled mirrors that yeah, kind of keep an like... eye on everything. Maybe the Raiders could do that for the media, and we could get like a a, a curved version of Car
1: throwing a pass. They're actually today going to come by and confiscate all the binoculars.
2: <laughs> I, I told Ed he should just show up one day with a uh, uh, telescope. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get right into the practice.
3: Today. They confiscate the binoculars tomorrow. They make
1: everyone wear eye patches. Yeah. So it's just.
2: All right. Coming up next, we get
1: into some of the best questions to ask draft prospects.
0: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN, Las Vegas studios. This is the press box with Graney and Bischoff.
1: Gooch is in for Ed Graney today. Which means this is a ridiculously stupid show. Yes,
3: yes, stupid um, in
1: a good way. All right, like, you,
3: you stupid. That's how you meant it. Like you're, 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 fun and exciting. Maybe.
1: Uh, <laughs> earlier in the show, you revealed that you have a girlfriend. I do. Was a kid. Yes.
3: Ooh. Yeah. Yikes.
1: No,
0: you know what? I, I hate I, kids. I, I see. I, I like them.
3: I like them. They remind you. They remind you that you know what. It's okay to be dumb. You know what I mean? Like, because you're watching them learn and you're watching them figure it out. And when they don't get it right, you're like, you know what? I mess up still to this day doing that same thing. I'm all right. I'm going to be
2: okay. Yeah, but they're kids.
3: Yeah, I know. But still, it's still good to compare yourself and be like, you know what? I I could be childish sometimes. Right. Sometimes. Oh, Look, how dare you? First off, I'm trying to preach the <laughs> message of self-love. And you're like, no, no, no. They're kids, Gooch. You're still really stupid.
2: Yeah. Like, That's what you just said. You I just agree said with Danny. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm not calling you stupid. No, you did. It's fine. You did. You did. Can own you him did. Said Danny. It was perfect. Kids it was a perfect teach comment. You it's okay. To if be you met
3: be my stupid. mom, you you basically do like enforce. Going like, you know this line, Mrs. Han. Your son's right under this line right here. Is there a Mrs. Han, Mister? Is there a Mister Han, Mrs. Han? You know what I mean. You saw the movie. My my thing is, except, like, of course, Tyler just looked at me with the blankest of faces. Just. <laughs> I forgot. I brought up a movie or a TV show as reference. What am I doing? I, can you even can you bring up literary references to you? Do you read books? No. Okay, so no books. Do you read books? No. Oh, but that's but were I, you gonna, I thought you. Were no, gonna I was going to see. Up. I was going to see if I brought up like a Hunger Games or something. But that was a book that was turned into a movie. Maybe oh, I've
1: seen the Hunger Games. Okay.
3: All right. All right. I'm just saying that was a book. Now, if I brought up.
2: Oh, don't boy. Do Okay, Don't do this. Now to if I brought up
3: like, you know, Cat in the Hat. I don't know if that's the other book that I read. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you read The Hunger Games? Yeah, all three of them. How old were you when you read The Hunger Games? Let's move on. <laughs> I was way too old of a I was way too old of a grown man to be reading The Hunger what Games. What was that like
2: 5 years ago? I was 10 like, years
3: ago? I think I was like 28, 29. It was before the movies came out.
1: Why did you read The Hunger
3: Games? I don't know. They I just went to a Walmart and I just saw this huge like display of the book. I'm like, uh oh, whatever, this looks okay. And I read it and I liked it. I gotta I mean I did like the books. And they were you don't normally read books? No, I just was compelled. You know how you how there's sometimes that that certain things happen, you just go, you know what, I want to knock myself out of this routine. And when you're uh, a simpleton like myself, like anytime you even crack open a book, you feel exponentially smarter than you did. Just cracking it open.
2: <laughs> I'm right there with you because I don't read and then in twenty twenty my goal was to read a book every month. Right. I made it to April.
3: Right. Okay. So, okay. D- did you make it to April 1st or did you just go, so you just went January, February, March?
2: No, like I made it, like I cracked open the book during April, got a couple days in worth of reading. And then I was like, you know what, this COVID thing is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. I don't think reading's that important right
3: now. Oh, wow. So you had even more spare time to read a book and you were like, no. No, I do not need to. Re- I, yeah, I think I read a couple of books. I can't remember what books they were during COVID, but it's like, but yeah, I just love that. It's like it's COVID, new me, new
1: day. You reread the Hunger Games. Boom. <laughs> Why well, watch the movies? Okay, it, it, here's ma- a f- it
3: made me feel like I reread. Here is an
1: important question for you: Did you like the movies or the books better?
3: Well, okay, you always like the books better, only because it. You feel like you earned it. You know what I mean. <laughs> Like it's not like when you watch a movie and you're like, I was entertained, but when you watch a when you read a book, you feel like I I retained that information. I looked up a couple of big words I didn't understand. I earned that entertainment. So you feel better. And then you like to brag to your friends about how much smarter you are because you 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 read the book. When reality you you tell
1: your friends, Oh, that's not exactly how it happened No,
3: I was a I was a full grown man reading a book meant for thirteen year olds. No, I was not telling my (laughs) friends that. I was
2: embarrassed. (laughs) I've I've done that to where same both of you guys with the same points. Like, I get more satisfaction out of reading books, even though I don't. But then when I watch the movie, I point out everything that didn't go how the book was.
3: Right, yeah. And then it's like, and you're mad at the movie. Yes. Yeah, you're mad at the movie for shortening things for everyone else who didn't want to de- take the time to learn the story. Yep. And then most of the time, too, it's like when it hits the movies, it's such a piece of crap because they're trying to force what? 600 pages into an hour and a half. Yeah. And then all it is is just diarrhea.
2: Especially with like... With dialogue. Especially um, like true story books. Yeah. When those are made into movies and it, it's like 60% true, 40% Hollywood, that annoys me. Oh,
3: men. dude, watch that. Watch the Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen movie And it's like, it's the biggest garbage movie. People try to make it like it was good because the guy did act like Freddie Mercury, but the movie was crap. And if you ever watched the movie, uh, walk hard where they basically make fun of every yeah, the Dewey Cox story, the movie that makes fun of every music movie, that's what it did. And this movie just followed along right along with that timeline. Every music movie, it's always going to have this moment where somebody gets inspired and then it shows them recording the song that made them a hit, and that's exactly what happened in this Bohemian Rhapsody. It was dumb. They just took like a couple of things that they knew about Freddie Mercury, and they're like, "Ah, let's throw this to a script." That's every
1: real life movie. See, why would I ever watch movies if you just said they're all dumb?
3: Just listen to Queen's music. You don't gotta, okay? You, you know, that's you entertainment. I won't just do don't, that just
2: don't read the book. Just watch. Movies. I, I, I won't. Don't worry. Yeah, go I ahead. mean,
1: the main reason I don't watch very many movies is because i'm like oh, i'm gonna watch sports why would i right. watch a movie I'm and not my gonna, thing i'm is, not gonna take more time and read a book
3: but when you look at tyler you're like this guy's definitely a reader you know like no. you look like a reader i would assume you have a, a vast knowledge of books
1: no my girlfriend reads a lot of books okay a lot so you just absorb that i guess right i don't know he <laughs> reads a lot of books though like she read like Seventy books last year or something crazy like that
2: do you do you think her reading a bunch makes up for you not reading any
1: i I guess if we average it out yeah we we combine to read about a book every two weeks we're killing it over here
0: a combine